I'm Annie. I'm an alcoholic. I live in Ireland and um, I'm really grateful to be in recovery. And um, <clears throat> I have to say, um, yeah, it's not my favorite thing to be doing. And uh, basically, I'm just going to talk like me today, 16th of May 2022, I had to check. And whatever I say is just how I feel today. And it'll be like just saying whatever comes to me with an allusion to the 12th step, which is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I was like uh, thinking just before the meeting, I'm going to say the, the S word, you know, the spiritual word. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? So I got, I, I, I'm going to use this, right? A new state of consciousness and being that came out of the 12 and 12. So a new state of consciousness and being. So that'll do me anyway for the 16th of May. Um, and like I say, it's just how I feel at the moment. Like the 12th step is one of those that is quite long and anywhere I read it, it seems to be quite long. And I remember um, I had a, a sponsor one time that used to make you read the steps in the bath. I, I think it was so you couldn't run away, like that you had to, like you were sort of like captive audience or something. So all the, all the, you had to read all the steps in the bath, not all the same day, like one at a time. And then the joke was supposed to be that the 12th step was two and a half baths. And I always remembered that. In fact, I would say it's good three baths there. <laughs> it's long. And it's like parts, you know. Now, some, some of the other ones, the other versions I noticed just concentrate on the service aspect. But... Uh, I don't know, I sort of like it having all of that in it, you know, because I suppose to me, it's like a tidying up of all the stuff that went ahead of it. And they say like having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, not even a result, but the result. So basically that that is the implication is that, that, that this is this new state of consciousness and being is sort of like the, the aim of the steps or something, do you know? And I guess like I need, I needed that because you know, when I came in, they were very emphasizing on this, the person I was would drink again. I didn't have much trouble convincing me of that because I knew the person I was would drink again uh, because the person I was had to drink and the person I was, I was convinced was definitely going to be drinking again. Or It wasn't so much that, I don't know if I was, I was choosing to drink, but I was feeling I would have to. I sort of felt I'd have to drink. I did not realize about the program. I didn't realize that it was, you know, program of change. I didn't realize there was anything in this anything that was going to help me. I just thought these people were all simple alcoholics and they had nothing wrong with them but drinking. And I had all these other things going on, which, which was actually true, but I could not see how stopping drinking was going to make any difference to me because I had a lot of pain, a lot of damage, a lot of SH1T going on. Um, so the, the result of these steps, like, so I did what they suggested. I was very teachable. I was very, I don't know if obedient is the right word, I was teachable. And I would do what I was told. I would do what was suggested. Um, I think I had that gift of desperation I've heard people talk about. Um, so I'm not saying like the new state of consciousness and being is, the be all and end all or anything, but I will say that over time, I would have 
a continuing sense of an improvement of consciousness and being. I never got to a place, in fact, it took me a long time to realize I was never going to get to a place of having it together. I don't know what the it is. I'm not really sure what the together is, but after quite a long time sober, I realized I was never going to get it together and that this was going to be a work in progress forever. And I was never going to be happy with it. And I was never going to be the person I wanted to be. And um, only funny as lately as last week, uh, somebody died. Well, I've had a lot of people die in my life uh, this year. And one more person was at her funeral on Friday. And this person was, she she wasn't in the fellowship and she just was so, I don't know, I won't say perfect because nobody's perfect, but she she would be what I would have aspired to be. Um, and I, I had that real realisation after she died that like if I lived 10, 20, 100 lifetimes, I could not be like her. That was like huge when I realised that, that it wouldn't matter how hard, I, how many times I would never be her. So I'm still trying to actually knit that one. So anyway, um, my state of consciousness, consciousness and being is ongoing. So the next bit is we try to carry this message to alcoholics. Now, that, as far as I'm concerned, and I think as far as AA is concerned, that can mean lots of things. You know, initially, um, I thought it meant dragging people in off bar stools like really pulling the guys in and getting them so but this is what I saw around me because this was sort of like a thing at the time I realized I couldn't do that I just wasn't going to be able to be going out and and, and there was these like really serious 12-step calls going on you, you, you went to people's houses and you know and I'm not saying I didn't do any of those but I didn't do very many but I did realize that I could be a good secretary and I could make a room welcoming and clean and set it up nice and um this is where I put all my energy in my first year like when I was my first secretaryship and everything and I got a real humdinger one because it was so place was it was in a condemned building and you had to wash the dishes before and after the meeting because of the mice but anyway it's another story um so I realized that my 12-step work was going to be of a more administrative um type and and I threw myself into that you know and totally uh, said about having good meetings and you know doing stuff like that or just being available now I did take the being available thing way too far um because they they also told me you never say no in AA and that's not true but I didn't know that um so I didn't say no and I was out you know morning noon and night like you know doing whatever it was they asked me to do and I, I neglected my kids over and my kids were getting in the window like you know after school which is just mad it took me a long time to well long time I don't know it was years but it was it was a short number of years to realize that this was not okay and I realized that my service could be my you know my availability and my my willingness was as far as um you know that I had no reason to say no you know if I had a good reason to say no that that was okay and if it was an excuse then that wasn't okay. And this is how I how I, I labeled it after that. And like a good reason could be my family. Could my good reason could be because I, I needed to have a meal with my kids that wasn't being interrupted by the telephone. Because back then the telephone was it was in the hall and you had to go out and stand in the hall and your kids were inside waiting for their dinner for two hours. I do so much of that. But then I began to see 
And it did take, this, you know, you must think this woman's slow, but yeah, I was very slow. I'm very slow. It took me a long time to work all of this out. So that's what I, I, I've, I, I still live on that one. If I don't have a good reason to, you know, uh, I'll say yes. If I have a good reason to say no, I'll say no. And I always run that one in my head. It doesn't, it, it, whether I want to do it or not, it's not the, it's not the question. Um, so, oh, the, oh yeah, the other thing, and I think this is important, um, my early days, um, my earlier days sponsoring people, everyone drank. All my sponsees drank. And uh, I felt really bad about that. <laughs> and people uh, pointed out to me that I didn't drink. And then I began to see that, sure, this is for me. Like, I'm doing this for myself. You know, like anything I do is for me. It's not for the other person. Like, if they get something out of it, I can only do my best with that. Um I did stop sponsoring for quite a long time because I just felt I was so miserable at it. But uh, I don't think really I help anyone. I think I can give a commitment of time to somebody. And if the person wants to avail of that commitment of time, I can only share whatever I have with someone. I can't share, you know, the, you know, the, <laughs> the secret of, of life or whatever. I've, I've no secrets. Like, in fact, the only secret I have um, in AA for sobriety is I think if there is one, it's service. Um, I, I do I do feel that like just doing service does me an awful lot of good. Um, and that, uh, you know, uh, like it's, it's not like that I'm doing anyone any favors, you know, I'm not doing anyone any favors at all ever. And I never do anything like it's not to get anything back for it. I just do it, it's no hooks, just do it if, if I choose to do it. And there's no hooks and there's no, uh, I don't expect anything for it. And when I came in first, you know, from the very first day I ever came into AA, there was people there and the lights were on, place was warm, there was chairs. Somebody had to open that room, turn those lights on and put those chairs out, you know, and it wasn't me because I was only arriving. And I have since put the lights on, put the chairs out and other people have come in and gotten sober on those chairs. And when I was when I was sober in the early days, they said to me, this is not just for you. It's not just for us. Like, this is for the people who are yet to come. Like people not born yet who are going to need this. And then I began to see those people coming. I still get emotional when I think about this. I began to see the people coming into AA that weren't born when I was starting out. Like, and I was there, I was able to have the lights on and the seats out and the place warm for them to come into. And I cannot even begin to tell you how that makes me feel. I even just, I could, I could, I, I, I'm getting emotional just thinking about that because that is the truth of what we do. It's the truth of what I've been doing, you know, all these years. Um, and that's service. And, and, and um, that's the middle of the 12 step. And then the, 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 the third part of the 12 step is practice these principles in all our affairs. That's a huge one, I think. I think that's everything. <laughs> um, I, I, I tend to like the, the voice in my head calls it sober behavior, but that's like a big blanket sort of, um, you know, description for me that I make for myself. Like I'd be going like to myself, go like, you know, hey, Annie, is that sober behavior? Or, hey, Annie, that's not sober behavior. You know, I just use that expression myself as a, as short shorthand for practicing these principles in all my affairs. 
it's really not I don't I don't really feel a sense of I don't know it sounds really weird when I say this I don't really feel it's right or wrong or is this right or is somebody telling me it's right or is it in the commandments it's just after a while I just got to a point where something either sat right with me or it didn't sit right with me just it's 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 a feeling of how my shoulders balance it like does it sit right with me uh, and I think that's like what I call sober behavior and I really have to measure it against that like I think this this part of the step really applies to all of my life like it just doesn't apply to my sobriety like as in my AA life I think this really applies to everything it applies to um like my family, it applies to, you know, to, to how I deal with people. It applies, it applies to a person in a shop around the bus or, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. And I, I don't want to make it sound too scary or anything, but um, I remember a woman sharing one time that she knows how she is, you know, uh, by how she walks down the street. And if she doesn't want to knock people off the pavement, like that, that, you know, she, she maybe is okay. Or like if the days that she does want to knock the people off the pavement, she realizes she isn't so okay. And I, I heard that. I heard her share that like way, way back. I never forgot it. Like I just, I just always have that vision of her walking down the street. Now she was, she was about four foot 10 and she, I've always had this vision of her walking down the street, like, you know, catapulting people off the pavement. I'm sure she never did that, but in my mind, I see her doing that. And she's like my little mentor in my head now for, for how am I walking down the street? Like, so, uh, I see her walking ahead of me and, and, and she, she's she's gone now. She's deceased now, that woman. She's great. I loved her to bits. But she walks down the street in front of me if I'm ever trying to do like a an inventory on how am I today. But like that practice these principles in all your affairs, like that's that's everything, you know. I, I guess um that's to me, that's all the steps put together. And like one of like, you know, they talk about fear, one of like one of my fears is of being a hypocrite. And that's why I, I want to say that because I don't want to tell you that like I have that one or that I have all of this or that I have this stitched up or that I'm going to be telling you how to do things. I barely, I barely have this. Like, you know, I make it up as I go along a lot of the time. And like, you know, I mean, like recently, you know, you know, Ironically, I'm doing this chair today on, on step 12, but like recently, particularly in the last week, I've really struggled, like not, not with drinking now. I haven't, I haven't wanted to drink or anything, but just generally in every way, I've like a lot of people have died. I've had a lot happen to me. I, I was thinking that if I was another person, I'd be looking at me saying, you know, if you felt OK, you'd be in denial right now, you know, because like there's nothing about my life at the moment that like you know you could say like of course you're going to feel off at the moment you're not going to feel right at the moment the amount of stuff that's going on and I have a couple of physical things going on and you know blah de, blah so a lot depends and this is why I said about the date you know a lot of the things for me anyway depends on how am I right now like I'm just dealing with blah blah and blah I'm dealing with blah blah and also blah how am I like during all that and like I could be like way off but I have to you know and this is why I'm here like I have to just stay sober through you know whatever it is 
whatever events, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm still wondering what the easier, softer way is because I never found it. I don't even know what that means. I just only know the one way to do this. And they say there's loads of ways to get sober. I don't know what they are. This is the only way I know. But I do know one thing and I never, ever varied from this one. I know I have to stay sober. Like I know that whether I want to drink or I don't want to drink or I want to, whatever it is, <coughs> I can't really, you know, I've never felt I could afford to go back drinking. You know, I never felt that like there was anything back there that was going to be okay. I wasn't going to be awful. I didn't even know the level of awfulness that was there. So it's really a big deal for me to stay sober. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm beginning to lose my voice. <coughs> the higher powers telling me I need to shut up for. But it really is a big, like there's two things that I am ruthless about, uh, my sobriety and my mental health. And they're sort of connected. Um, but it's very, very important for me to mind both of those. And it's really important to me to be quite ruthless about them and unapologetic. And I don't ever have to walk over anybody for my sobriety or my mental health, but I, I sometimes do have to put myself first. You know, it might be just whatever, you know, I might just have to, like somebody was saying at a meeting this morning, it's, it's put your own oxygen mask on first. Like that's really important for me. And neither in my sobriety nor my mental health is up for grabs for anybody, you know? And also it's not anyone else's responsibility. Like nobody else has responsibility for my sobriety and my mental health, only me. Like it's entirely my gig, you know? I'm not gonna blame anybody for it. I'm not gonna hold anybody responsible for it. It's really up to me. And like all of that is me practicing principles in all my affairs. Like that's all of that is tied up with that. And all of that's dependent on it. And, you know, I just do. Like, you know, that I've said this before, it's what I do. This, what I'm doing right this minute is what I do. It's, it's not that I speak at meetings that much, but it's, it's part of the 12 step. So if I get asked, I do it because this is part of how I was trained in my early days to be sober, you know? And as I have to keep emphasizing, being sober does not mean that I get it right all the time. Being sober does not mean I know how to deal with life all the time. Being sober does not mean I feel okay all the time. Um, it just means, you know, I'm sober through all events or, you know, being, being able to stay sober. Whatever happens, life has thrown quite a bit at me in sobriety. And the important part about that was, was that I didn't have to drink over any of it. I have never found anything that drink would have made better. I can promise you that much. I, could, I have never found any situation in life that I even had an inkling of a thought that a drink would improve this situation. Those sort of things are really important to me to remember, even if it sounds very simplistic and, you know, okay, really? Yeah, really. I have never found anything. I'm not telling you if I did find something that a drink would improve, that I wouldn't have done it, but I never did. So these are, these are the things that are really important for me. And these are the reasons I'm here right now. And I don't have any more to share on this except that, because this is just my version of it. Uh, like all the stuff Mark read out, there's, there's loads of stuff. Even the, the good old 12 and 12, like has, has quite a good, like if you, if you put lines through the bits, like, you know, the bits that we might want to read that are just a little bit heavy, we can, we can still get some really good gems out of that. And, and the, um, the big book, which I have here, beside me um 
there's really great stuff in that. And then there's great stuff in the other books as well. And like, I'm open for all of it. I'm open for all the interpretations, but be still taken out of it what suits me, you know. And I will finish on this. I will say that the early members, because I met the early members, I was very, very um, fortunate to meet the people who started AA in Ireland because they were old and I was young at the time uh, when I came in. And they were very much into saying, you know, take what you leave, leave the rest. The program, you know, is 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 made to wrap around us. You know, it's it's like it, it's supposed to fit everyone, no matter who we are, what we come in believing. The program is supposed to fit us. That's the message I got from the early members, and that's the one that I've always had, and that's the one I continue to have. And I do believe that when people tell you, you know, the this is the rigid program, this is this is the fundamentalist program, that's something that came in afterwards. It's not something that was started by the early members. I don't care what anyone says about the Oxford group or anywhere we came from. I'm grateful for whatever they gave us. But the early members were not rigid, fundamentalist, you know, rule stomping folks. They were actually really quite generous and broad minded. And basically, they just wanted you to stay sober. Like they really, really had that thing of just don't take a drink and like get a meeting or, you know, like it was like be here tomorrow night or, you know, give me a call out of your call like because we used to have call boxes back then stuff like that you know that was it it was very very simple and i that's what that's the message i got when i came in and this is the one i still have and it's the one see all i have to pass on to people is the simplicity you know of like don't take a drink go to a meeting just do you know whatever it is sometimes sometimes it's whatever it is gets you through that one day you know, I, I call that my bag of tricks, whatever few things I haven't. And sometimes it's just like, just get out of the house. I went out and had ice cream last week because that, that was all I could do, you know, and it was great. <laughs> That's it. Listen, cheers, everybody. Thanks.